you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. take your attention to the book of Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Did everybody have a good Christmas? Anybody got any complaints? If so, there is a complaint box that is right out the back door. If you step outside to the left, there's a little fence. You'll see a little cubicle there. Step inside. It is, uh, it's got a couple lids on it. Open that up. Some people refer to it as a dumpster. It's where we dump our complaints. So, Step there, put your complaints there. Amen. I'm not funny today. All right. Ephesians chapter 2. I'm used to it. Ephesians chapter 2. Verse 18. For through him we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Aren't you glad that he's not just, we celebrate in this season the baby in the manger, but the Bible tells us that he is the chief cornerstone. The church of the living God is built upon him as the chief cornerstone. In whom, verse 21, all the building, everybody say all the building, fitly framed together groweth unto an holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are builded together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. I want to talk to you a little bit today from this passage and see what the Lord has for us. Just bow your heads with us right where you are. Father, I pray for your word today to come forth. I pray for every heart to be open to receive the word of the Lord that I am speaking today that you have impressed upon me. I pray, Lord, that every mind and spirit would be subject, O God, to what you are wanting to speak expressly to the church in these last hours. We love you and honor you and magnify you. In Jesus' name, everybody shout amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. For those of you in the front that are making fun of me for saying you may be seated, there were some standing in the back. Thank you very much. I'm not losing my mind. Please, somebody notify my wife of that, would you? 
Anybody get any gifts for Christmas? I requested clothing. I needed them. The dryer has shrunk all of my clothes. And I needed new clothing. And so just because we know what the dryer does, we decided to go up a size on everything. Because it just works better like that. Now, of course, this was a little different Christmas for my wife and I. Our kids weren't home. As a matter of fact, they're on the road today coming home. We're going to get to have a little Christmas with them. Um, maybe here tonight, tomorrow, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, whenever we can get them together. You never know about our crew. Anybody have any Christmas gifts? With our, with our kids, they're, they're grown, so everything is much different. Grandkids aren't here yet, but I remember the days when we used to have Christmas and end, and it was kind of like these are all the things that go to the closets. These are the things that you can open and play with now. And then these are all the things that require some assembly. It says right on the box, some assembly required. My wife loves to, sh to shop for furniture, and I I'm good with it, I, no problem, but I would rather her go to the expensive furniture store and find the furniture that's already put together. She's writing this down right now. While I speak, she is writing it down to hold it against me. What I really dislike is the fact that sometimes items come in and it must be put together. And it'll say right on the box, some assembly required. My wife will come and show me a picture of some beautiful shelf or something that she has purchased. And she says, isn't this wonderful? And I got this for such a deal. And I'm like, wonderful. And she's like, one problem, you've got to put it together. I'm like, three days later, I'm still trying to put this thing together. When I read this text in Ephesians chapter 2, I recognized that there's a common theme that goes on here. Um, and I, I'm sure you all will identify with what the Apostle Paul is saying in Ephesians chapter 2 because we've all ordered something from a showroom later to find out that when it comes in, the box says, assembly required. And two weeks later, there may still be some assembly required. What I don't like about the things that are say some assembly required is usually somewhere in the process I get in a hurry or I solicit help. And then like you put it together and it seems okay until my desk, for instance, in my office, um, it's got a little age on it, but I don't know when we purchased it, but it was one of those assembly required kind of desks. I'm sure it came as a deal from Ikea or something like that. And so we put the desks together. The problem is, is I am always going around the church saying, can I get a screwdriver? Everybody knows why. I've got to go try to get my desk put back together. It's always a work in progress. I can't seem to ever get it completely together. And where it really stays together without squeaking and moving I read Ephesians chapter 2 and I recognize the Apostle Paul is talking about the church here. He's talking about a building that is fitly framed together. Yet, not at all is he talking about the physical structure of this building. When he is talking about the church, he is talking about a spiritual church or a spiritual building. He says, it is built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. 
and Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Now, I don't have time today to go into all the the, uh, nuances of this passage, but when it talks about it is built on the foundation of the the, uh, apostles and prophets, of course, we understand it is talking about the writing of the apostles and prophets in the Scripture. So the foundation of this spiritual building that is called the church is built on the foundation of this wonderful book we call the Bible. It is the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. But then he clarifies and says, Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. So every person, no no matter the age or any other factor, has a very unique role in the body of Christ because he says that we are a building. It's, it's, It's using the typology here of a physical structure but typing it to the the organism of a church, the spiritual structure of the church, the foundation being the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. It is Jesus that sets the foundation. He sets the elevation. It is Him that holds everything together. But we are a building. He's talking about the church here, the people, the members. And He said we are a building that is fitly framed together. So every person, no matter their age, no matter what unique or special place that they may fit in the body of Christ, each of us come in with our own special giftings, with our own character, and we all have so much to offer, and it is the Lord who will take us and join us together to create a functioning body of believers to carry the gospel to the lost and dying world. So therefore, every one of us, every person in this room today should wise up and listen that you are important to the body of Christ because we are a building that is fitly framed or woven and built together as a structure, a holy habitation of the Lord. Look at your neighbor and tell him, I need you. We've all seen God's handiwork in our congregation. God has assembled a wonderful group of people here that call Christian Life Church home, whether you believe it or not. I don't believe that anybody is here by accident. God's wonderful design is that each church, each body of Christ, if you will, that he brings together will lack absolutely nothing. Everything we need is in the church. He gave the gift of ministry, the five-fold ministry, the the pastors, teachers, apostles, prophets, and evangelists, the five-fold ministry that the Scripture said he gave gifts to men. And those were the gifts that he gave to the church. I talked about that a few weeks ago. And, and we should all be, be uh, interested in the fact that in every local assembly, whether it is recognized or approved or what men think it should be, in every assembly, God establishes the fivefold ministry.
ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, for the work of ministry, and for the perfecting of the saints. It is God's gift to the church. And so he puts you and I into the body of Christ. And there is a purpose by which he puts all of us into the body. And we are part of a building that is fitly framed together. When they were building this structure, we moved in here just over four years ago. And when they were building this structure, I remember the framework going up. I was watching the framers as they were framing everything and getting it together and putting, putting the whole structure together. And we had subcontracted the framing, one of the only parts of this building that we actually subcontracted. And the framer came to me and he said, I'm looking at the prints. And he said, I see how that they have, they have uh, the engineers and architects have designed this structure. And he said, I'm not necessarily happy with everything that they've done here. And he lays the prints out in front of me and he shows me the rafters and he shows me how that they had braced the, the uh, trusses. And he says, these trusses, they only show one, one uh, two before going down as the brace that is holding these. He said, the, these trusses are far too large for this. And he said, I've consulted with a couple of different engineers that completely disagree with this design. And he said, I'm not going to charge the church any extra money. But he said, I would like to come in and I would like to add some structure to the church, to, to the, the, the church's um, uh, uh, trust system that will give it more stability and it will have less movement. And he said, you're going to, he said, you're going to thank me for this down the road. Because he said, if not, he said, we're going to constantly be dealing with with all sorts of movement in the building that will cause us a great deal of structural, particularly damage down the road. Doors will be hanging and, and, and drywall will have nail pops. And he said, this is going to help what we are, what we are doing. He said, it's important. And so he, he sat down and began to show me what a couple of engineers that he had, had talked to, had how that they had designed and, and, and said that we needed to beef up what they were doing. He said, Pastor, we, we can do it this way and that way. And he begins to show me what's going on. And I asked him, I said, well, what, what is this for? And he begins to explain to me that without this particular board that that this other board is not going to be able to have the strength that it needs. He said this, this system must work together. You understand what I'm saying to you today? See, we may think, well, the church is functioning, the church is going good, everything is operating as it should. We, we, we've got everything we need. We've got good programs, good music, good services, good people, good fellowship. What else do we need? And then all of a sudden, God says, wait a second, I, I need to beef up what's going on in the church. And he begins to add new people to the church. And he starts putting them in. And if we're not careful sometimes, we can look around and say, well, we're not sure that that's needed. And we don't agree. And we don't think that is needed. And we don't think this is needed. But listen, when God adds people to the church, it is a building that is fitly framed together. He is forming it and shaping it and putting it together according to His divine will and purpose. You need to look at your neighbor and tell them you are important to the structure of the church. 
we've seen God's hand and work. God knows that we need different people doing different things, different ways of thinking to get the job done. I'm so thankful for each and every person that is part of this church, for every person that allows the Holy Spirit to lead and to be part of the church. We, we have seen a number of people come through the doors of our church over the years. Some have come and stayed a while, and while they were here, they were a blessing to us. But for whatever reason, they have chosen to move on. We, we must never take their leaving as a sign that anything is wrong with the church. The simple fact is that not everybody that comes finds what they are looking for, what they feel that may fit them. The simple fact is, is that some will leave for good reasons and some will leave for no reason at all. Some may leave because they're not in charge. Some may leave because they think the grass is greener. Some may leave because they find fault with the pastor. Some may leave because they find fault with you. And some may leave for good reason. But I want to tell you this, there is nothing wrong with the church that God fitly frames together. This is God's church. This is God's design. This is God's handiwork. And here's what he said about the church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Just a few days after they added the extra support into the rafter trust system here at the church. Some of you may remember this. We had tornadoes that came through. Remember that came through, took, took the roof off of, part of the roof off of Walmart just across the street. It was right here. They said there were straight line winds over 70 miles per hour. I was in my pickup parked out front and the wind literally was sliding my truck across, across the pavement. I, 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 I was looking around waiting to see the building fall when the wind passed and everything was over. And I come walking in to see the men that were here working. We walked around looking, making for sure that everything was intact. They were building the medical facility next door at that time. And it took most of the roof system that was on that medical facility. It took it off, blew it out into the field behind the medical facility. We walked around. When I talked to the builder of the building, he came with a big smile on his face. He said, man, you may not know it, but you better be thankful for the support system that we added because those winds would have taken this building down without that support system. Hear what I am about to say to you today. There are some pillars and foundations of the church that have stood through the test of time. There are some, th there are some people that have been through the good and through the bad and God has come along and he has added supports to those pillars and he has said I'm, I'm giving somebody to the church to be a strength to be strong here to help because there's going to be some storms that are going to come. There's going to be some difficulty that is going to come and I'm, I'm building the church so even the gates of hell cannot take down my church. No, not the physical structure, the spiritual well-being. I know it's dark. I know the world is going, going nuts and going crazy, but don't worry about the church. He said the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. 
the church is going to shine in times of trouble because it's God's design. He has assembled the church. He has assembled the church. Now, let me get back to this or I'm going to preach too long today. I intended to kind of be a little abbreviated with what I'm saying, but, you know, as the late Bishop Price used to say to me, Philip, you can't even say your name in 10 minutes. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 10. Let us draw near with a true heart, full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled with love, sprinkled from an evil conscience, our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he's faithful that promised. Let us consider one another, provoking one another to love and to good works. And then that scripture we have all heard over and over again, particularly every time we miss church, and somebody calls you and says, well, you know, the Bible says forsaking not the assembling of yourselves together. And it does. But I want to break that down to you just a little bit. Because it says not forsaking the assembling of yourself. If the only reason you show up to church is because pastor puts you on a guilt trip, there's a problem. If the only time we worship is because somebody says, come on, let's worship. If the only time we pray is because somebody says, come on, let's please bow our head and pray. The Bible is saying this, this body, this, this spiritual being, this church, he said, you need to be careful, you need to pay attention that you forsake not the assembling of yourselves. I want you to notice the scripture. To assemble ourselves together. When something is assembled, it means it doesn't happen by accident or by chance. The very act of assembling speaks of possessing an intelligent plan. It takes each part and puts it exactly where it fits best to create a fully functioning creation. As pastor of the church, I've had a few people that have come from time to time. None of you, thank God. Thank God for you. But I have had some people from time to time that's come to try to tell me how the church needs to operate. And so they begin to tell me how I need to do my job as pastor. It's always interesting because my first question is, now how long have you been pastoring? How many churches have you pastored? So before you come telling me how to pastor, I, I need that information because this is, this is your, this is like, you know, if a doctor is going to practice medicine on me, I want to make sure that, you know, he's passed the, 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 the board and, 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 you know, I don't want them just randomly deciding to, to well, let's, let's practice this on you. I, I want to know at least there's, there is some, some sort of thought process that, that has been put together. I've had people come try to tell me how things need to operate. And it's always interesting to me because at the end of the day, the missing point is that 
we are to assemble ourselves together, meaning God is not going to come and grab you and force you and say, I'm forcing you into this body. It would be like somebody coming and saying, well, I'm here, I'm a member of this church, but I don't want to be. God's not going to force you. That's why he says that we must assemble ourselves together. That means there's got to be some sort of will of ourselves that is surrendered to God's divine plan. And we start searching and saying, where and how do I fit in to God's great design for this church? Where is my spot? What is it that God is wanting me to do? What role am I playing? What support? Am I playing? First of all, let's understand this that God draws us together, bringing every necessary part of the body into one place at one time. And as each of us come into the body, we search for our own special niche, a place where we can feel needed and wanted and useful to the church. Some seem to find the place very quickly. Some seem to take a while longer. If we will search for a work to do and desire to be used by God, then God will reveal that place where He can use our several abilities to work and function in the body of Christ. In this very text, The Bible only gives us just a handful of obviously very important things. It says, provoking one another to love and good works. One of the key roles, one of the key places in the church is for us to not discourage one another, but to encourage one another. Do you know what to provoke is? Some of us have been provoked to anger. But do you know what it is to provoke to love and good works? That means every time that something goes wrong in your life, somebody's provoking you and challenging you to keep loving and to keep giving and to keep doing good things and to not let the enemy rule over you. That's what we are to do to one another. We ought to be encouraging one another. Come on, brother. Come on, sister. We are provoking one another to love and to good work. There is a key role in the church. There are so many different places that we fit in to the body of Christ. We are to encourage one another, to exhort one another, to teach one another by building each other up in our faith. Every member of this church family has an important and vital role in the body of Christ because we are a body that is fitly framed together. It is a miracle of God that we can all come together with all of our differences, with all of our different backgrounds, with all of our spiritual differences, with our different educational levels, with our different social backgrounds, with our different economic backgrounds, with our varying talents and opinions. We all come together to work together to bring glory to God. And somehow 
God draws us all together. And when he gets us together, he says, boy, this looks like an entourage of all sorts of different backgrounds and places and thoughts and ideas. I'm going to build something out of this. Boom, he starts putting us together and he builds the church. Still, God commands us to assemble ourselves together. This is what I keep going back to in this text that it is saying you must assemble yourself. You can't be absent and be assembled. To assemble ourselves means to be present to play the role and the part that God has designed for me and to not forsake doing this. This means that even though God has brought us together and has a plan in mind for His church, there is still something that we must do for ourselves. If we are to assemble ourselves together, then we have to learn to put up with one another, to forgive one another, to overlook one another, overlook the faults of each other, to search for those things that are good in one another and provoke one another to do those things which are good. In other words, we must look for a common denominator, common ground, if you will, to where we can all work together. The good thing about the church is that God has provided that common ground or that common denominator in each of us that allows us to function as one body. We are a building that is fitly framed together. When we're washed by the blood of the Lamb, we become members of one family, the family of God. There's an old chorus. We don't sing it anymore. I haven't sung this song in years. Many of you may maybe have never even heard it, but some of you elders in the room may remember, I'm so glad I'm part of the family of God. What is it? Been washed in the fountain, cleansed by His blood, join heirs with Jesus. Anybody remember as we travel? Yeah, I see your hands being raised. You remember singing that song, I'm so glad I'm part of the family of God. God brought us together as a family. The Bible says in John 13, 35, by this shall all men know that you're disciples if you have love one for another. I want to commend this church today for your faithfulness to the house of God, for the support of the ministries of this church. I want to commend you for the faithfulness to the Word of God and for listening to what the Lord would have the ministry speak and say to this church. Sometimes the sermon may be a bitter pill to swallow, but we have to take the medicine and allow ourselves to be cleansed and washed by the water of the Word if we're going to continue to grow in faith. In the days to come, should the Lord tarry, there will be many more who will, I believe, step into the doors of this church. And when they do, what I love so much about this church is that if you want to know the most exciting moments of this church, it's when somebody steps up and says, I want to be part. 
this church swings their arms open and surrounds them and says, come on, you're part of us. You're part of us. There's no new members and old members. We're all part of the body of Christ. We're a building fitly framed together. Oh, yeah. I've got to hurry. We've all purchased these things, received gifts. You open the package, go through to find something lost. Yesterday, one of the one of the Lytle kids opened a gift. Pastor Danny was sitting there, and he's like, no, 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 don't take that off. Don't take the lid off. And they opened it up, and there was all sorts of parts. And he jumped up and ran across the room, and he grabbed it, and he's like, he starts putting it back together. He said, oh, if you move this wrong, we're going to lose parts, and you're never going to find it because I know who's going to have to put that together. And he already knew because there's a problem. If there's one missing part, we sit there scratching our head, reading the directions. Some assembly required. Take this and put over here to this, but this, and we're trying to figure it all out. When you open the package, there's parts and fasteners that are needed to make the whole object. Along with that, there's probably a list of tools that are going to be needed to assemble. The tools have to be used properly and the parts assembled all in the right order. Then you could finally enjoy whatever it is you receive. What I hate are those that says, put this screw in here and only hand tighten. Now i got to remember to come back and tighten this later. So you know what I'm going to do? Nah, I just tighten that thing down. Then I start trying to fit the next part on. <laughs> Why won't this fit? Oh, because I thought that this loose screw needed to be tightened up. Don't let me call anybody a loose screw, but sometimes we think some people maybe ought to be adjusted a little sooner. But God has a purpose for that loose screw in the church because the next part might not fit in if that loose screw is not where it needs to be. Sometimes we say they're just a loose screw. We don't need it. There are no loose screws. It's intentional. We are, my God, have mercy. We are a body fitly framed together. God has a purpose and a reason, and he's fitting the church together as he sees fit. think the Bible is so clear when it talks about the assembling of the church. You ever attempted to, to assemble something and parts are missing? Then you can understand how God must feel in the church when there's some people that are missing in action. He's like, I, you know, I wonder if God speaks like I do sometimes. When, you know, I, I really have the answer and really know, and I'm talking, and I, I'll, I'll look at my wife and say, you know, I could declare, I, I am almost positive that I set my keys right here, and they're not there. 
And she'll look at me and she'll say, nope, not there. I walk to the other room. I walk back in. Well, look, my keys are right there. She'll say, they sure are. I wonder where they could have been. Did you move my keys? They're right where you left them. See, sometimes we think that that God doesn't have a sense of humor, but I think sometimes God is saying, well, I had a real plan. But I got too many parts missing to be able to make this thing function the way it needs to. Am I speaking to anybody this morning? I know, listen, it's the day after Christmas, and we got about half a team here today. We're about, about, about half a crew here this morning, and yet we have guests in the house today. But I, I thank God for every one of you that are here today. And the reason that I feel to speak what I'm speaking this morning is because I want you to know how important it is that you are here because somebody could say today's my day of salvation. Today's the day that I want to be baptized. Today is the day I want to receive the Holy Ghost. Today is the day I want to take a step of faith. And God says I'm trying to assemble this church together and I want to add somebody to the church. I got I to gotta close. So in this assembly process, it requires certain tools to fit everything together. Nothing's going to work unless we have the right tools to assemble. And the Lord left us a whole list of things that help the church fit together. We could call them whatever we want to. But because I'm in a hurry today, I'm just going to skim over the top of some of these and hope you take it personally deep in your spirit today. But the Lord has given us the, the tool of prayer that is a communication with heaven. When you get to the point that you can't figure things out, you know the best thing to do? Heaven, I got a problem. I can't really figure this out. I got a hurt over here. I got a brother over here that's missing. I got a loose screw over here I keep dealing with. And the Lord says, you just go right on and you do what I'm telling you to do. And you, mm -hmm. He has a way of fixing me and I go back. You know, sometimes when you're putting things together, you ever get frustrated and you say, I just got to have, I just got to walk away from this for a minute. You walk away, come back, walk up there and look at it and say, duh. You know what? What you're putting together hasn't changed one bit. You know what changed? Your mindset. Oh, I'm preaching good to you this morning because sometimes we go to God in prayer and we're praying that God will fix the loose screw and fix this person in that hurt. And what God really wants to fix is us. He says, if you'll just step back for a minute and let me work on your mindset, I will help you. And when you go back, the church is going to look different. tool of prayer, the tool of faith and expectation, the tool of worship, 
Coming together and worshiping can be one of the most strengthening things for every one of us. And of course, the word. David said, is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. This word right here is the best thing you and I have. When you have a question about life, look, it's in the word of God. You need to know about relationships. It's in the Word of God. You need to know about money. It's in the Word of God. You need to know how to serve God. You need to know how to get along with your neighbor. Whatever question you have, it's all in the Word of God. He left us everything we need. I'm closing. Give them some hope this morning. The the church doors are standing open today because God may want to add somebody today, but here's the deal. It's up to you. Because he says, assemble yourselves. Did you get that? He said, assemble yourselves together. So it is not the decision for the church to say yes or no. Somebody asked me here a while back, Pastor, how do you become a member of this church? It's not by shaking the preacher's hand. It's not by being accepted by the church body or the church board. This is how you're born into the church. You don't know you know how what that means? That means by believing on the Lord, repenting of your sins, being baptized in Jesus' name, receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, you were added to the church. You were part of the body of Christ. This is how it was in the book of Acts. The Bible said 3,000 were added to the church in one day. Wow, how in the world did they do that? It wasn't them that were doing that. It was God that added to the church daily such as should be saved. It's what he's doing today. He's reaching to every man, woman, boy, or girl that is in this room today and he's saying all you got to do is make a decision and you can assemble yourself with this body today. Stand with me all over this room. There's a place for every one of us in this house today. There's room for everybody in the kingdom of God. There's nobody that has gone too far, nobody that is too different. I've had people walk in and say, oh, if I come in the church, you better be careful. The roof may fall in. Oh, no. Look back through the scripture. There were murders that were saved. There were prostitutes that were saved. There were liars and persecutors of the church that were saved. You're not too far. You haven't gone too far. God loves you. This church loves you. We will embrace you. God will bring you from where you were to where he wants you to be and add you to the church. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed all over this building right now. Nobody's moving. The Holy Ghost is speaking to hearts around this room right now. I know it is the day after Christmas. I went and preached a little longer than I had intended today, but the Lord is wanting to speak to hearts right now. I'm going to open the front of this room, this altars this morning. If there would be some in this house today that would want to step from where you are and walk to the front of the room and say, I'm coming today to add myself. I am assembling myself. I don't want to forsake this opportunity. We need to make it a point. We need to make it a point that every time we come to the house of the Lord, I know some of you have come, you walk to the front of this this room every service. Keep doing it. Here's why. Because when you walk to the front of this room, you're walking forward saying, God, here I am. I'm part of the body of Christ. Just use me where you want to use me. Fit me in where you want to fit me in. I'm, I'm just here today. Whatever you have planned for me, I'm available to you.
These altars are open today for everybody in this room, and there's room for us. If you'd like to step from where you are to the front of this room and just make a public proclamation, I'm coming today just saying, I want to be used in the kingdom of God. I want to be part of the body of Christ. Join us this morning, everybody in the front of the room today. Let's just come to the front today with an open heart, an open spirit today. Lifted hands, surrendering unto the Lord. Here I am to you, use me. Whatever I can do, here I am. 